I keep checking with various people, and everybody tells me nothing exciting has happened yet. So something exciting. If, if anything important, if anything that could possibly change the story happens. Yes. That's a good way I think to put it. That should be our standard. Could it change the trajectory of the story? Because currently the trajectory is House impeaches, Senate says, nah, that ain't enough, and it's over. Right, based on the call. And so far today, nothing has happened that will change that trajectory. The Armstrong and Getty moment from history coming up later this half hour, the Battle of Swalwell's Colon. Oh, jeez. Hey. We need a better name. Yeah, that's the worst. That's, well, it was hard fought. Couldn't work small intestine into it. April of 1963, um, or 1863, the Battle of Swalwell's Colon. Stay with us. (laughs) Some are calling it Fartgate, but that is childish. It's rude. Uh, we won't have that on our air. I still have never said that word in my life. <laughs> All right. Great. Because it's disgusting. Great. So you're like the Martin Luther King Jr. of that. Congratulations. Fabulous. What does that mean? Well, <laughs> what does what mean? What do you it just call me? It means what it means. <laughs> it clearly King means Jr. what I meant. I don't even understand your question. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we get to uh, got this... Orwellian language from the New York Times about abortion that I want to touch on, and it's pretty heavy. Before we get to the heavy, did you mean to send this text to me? Uh, no. Good morning. No, 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 no. That is that's over the line. Okay, that is over the line. Okay. I write really sappy love notes to my wife. She writes them back, and after how many years? Finally, the nightmare scenario happens. I sent a love note to Jack. Did you I called a him this time. I called him Cuddlebug. Okay. All right. We almost never cuddle. Sometimes after the show is really bad, maybe for a couple of minutes, console each other. I yeah. thought that was my nickname. I assumed. <laughs> oh, wow. At least that I didn't send hurtful. it to the group. That was hurtful. Sorry, Michael. I, well, you thought that was your special name. Yeah. I wasn't Turns out he's anything. calling everybody that. Right. Listen, I, I'm a child of the 60s, Michael. I'm not going to tie myself down to one relationship. So that wasn't for me. Okay, mm. just nailing that down. No. No. My respect for you is enduring, but no, That no. would be the greatest AI algorithm that they could put in smartphones. The oh. this text is not supposed to go to this person algorithm. Right. AI. That's what they need, because I've, I've had some horrible, I'm not even going to talk about them on the air, but I mean like horrible, really horrible, relationship, friendship, all kinds of stuff, things go really haywire because of texts I sent to the wrong place. Oh, boy. Michael, do you think Jack should or should not talk about that on the air? He should. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I think I've only received from you various uh, requests to pick things up at the grocery store. And I'm like, uh, I live too far from you. Although, (laughs) Although in both cases, it ended up just being a... Um, a conversation that was going to happen anyway just got to it faster. Although, I know just what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I'm sorry it came to you that way, but yeah, there is something we ought to talk about. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's incredibly uncomfortable. But man, your algorithm idea is brilliant. Jack, why would you ask Joe to pick something up at the grocery store? Do you really want to call your coworker Cuddlebug? Right. <laughs> right. That's what AI sounds you like. You seem apparently. to be hetero based on your well browsing choices. <laughs> Right, exactly. <laughs> That's what we need. I've so, been going through your web history. This does not make sense for you to call this person Cuddlebug. <laughs> does not compute. 
Oh boy, yeah. Let's. Uh, oh boy, shouldn't shouldn't there be some sort of maybe there ought to be a national holiday where we all get a moment to say, look, coworkers, friends, loved ones, there are days I'm frustrated with you, or I'm having a bad day, or I'm feeling especially affectionate, or what have you. If you get the text, uh, just please. I'm human. You're human. We're all human. All right, let's go about our lives. I think that would probably be good. How about send this text on purpose to us? What's the the, the worst example you've got of uh, accidentally sending a text to somebody or someone sending it to you? I cannot be the only guy getting sick to my stomach over this topic. Either funny or it was, you know, awful between you and a boss or husband or whatever. 415-295-KFTC. 415-295-KFTC. All right, then. So uh, our theme going forward this half hour, and we will get to the Battle of Swalwell's colon before oh, long. Oh, jeez. But um, it was right after the Battle of Bull Run and before uh, Antietam, I believe. Um, our uh, freedom-loving quote of the day, which uh, in the very uh, the second segment of the program, when it begins, uh, we, we'll do a little mailbag freedom-loving quote of the day. It was from George or- Orwell today. Um, all issues are political issues, and politics itself is a mass of lies, evasions, folly, hatred, and schizophrenia, which I think applies to a lot of things, including perhaps some of the posturing at the hearing today. It certainly applies to this, um, and Jack has a great example from the New York Times upcoming, but this is a letter to his constituents from Congressman John Garamundi of uh, California's 3rd District. It's in the northern part of the state. And John is not a bad guy. We've actually met him, and he's he's a politician. So, eh, enough said. But he put out a letter that's half a fundraising letter as well with a couple of hilarious claims passed along by, oh, it's one of our alert listeners. There it is, uh, Dale. Dear friend, writes the congressman, corporate America has met its match. We recently gained a first-hand perspective of how some of our state and nation's largest companies put profit before quality and safety, and I am pushing back in Congress. So who is John Garamundi uh, bravely fighting back against? Well, first of all, Pacific Gas and Electric, the country's largest utility, which, as you know, when it's not setting California on fire, is turning out the lights. And he's making it clear he's fighting those bastards. We're going to call them to account. This nightmare must stop. Well, his party has been in charge of California politics for years and years and years, and the Public Utilities Commission has approved everything PG&E has done and not done. And it's absolutely cute and hilarious that he, like the governor of Cal Unicorn, I Cornea Gavin Newsom is now pretending that they didn't know what was going on. And it was just corporate greed. That's hilarious, John. And his other example is he's going hard after Boeing, which put profits over people with its nutty 737 MAX 8 airplane. We're going to take a hard look at Boeing. We need Congress involved. Well, here's the problem. As I think it was uh, Dale, our brave correspondent, put it, it's all about greed. If only there were governmental agencies that could have oversight of these evil companies. Looking at you, Public Utilities Commission and FAA, which are specifically tasked with avoiding the very things that have happened. Now, if John, Congressman John, were to say, look, we're in charge of this and did a crappy job, 
We haven't been overseeing them. We've been sleeping with them. We've been taking their giant contributions. And uh, and frankly, I'm sad and ashamed, but we'll do better. Hell, I could I could accept that. Could I wouldn't even, believe it, but I could accept you it. You could even throw in some, I assumed they'd do the right thing when we weren't watching. Right, or we've got to pick our inspectors better or something like that. But to say... Corporate greed is run amok. It's time for the government to step in. That is some really good Orwellian spin. Just hilarious, John. Uh, I give you kudos for your comedy. Here's someone who accidentally texted her father-in-law. She meant to send this to her husband, but it was her husband's dad. She sent it to Uh that she was really annoying that really annoyed that your dad keeps coming over and eating all our cookies. <laughs> oh my gosh. That sounds to me, depending on uh, who lives where, like two or three days of really uncomfortable uh, stuff, and then years and years of jokes. Yeah. Family gathering. Do you mind if I have a cookie? Can I, I'll have one. Or you always get him cookies for Christmas. Right, or, exactly. Yeah. Those fences can be mended. Would he create random reasons to just show up and be like, hey, you got any of those cookies left? Or was it a blatant, <laughs> I'm here for the cookies visit? Now, if she texted, why in the world your dad married that piece of crap slut after your mom died? I can't imagine. You send that to dad, that's a problem. I was trying to text a coworker that another coworker was bat s crazy, but I accidentally sent it to the person I was calling bat s crazy. Oh boy, yeah. Oh boy, I've actually had to clean up bat s Jack. They tend to lodge on my front patio, and uh, cleaning up that sort of mess is is a problem. Mm. And this this topic is amusing and yet making me sick. Yeah, and killing me with fear and foreboding. And just it reminds me, how do I not check every time I send an email or a text to where it's you know where it's coming from or where it's going? I know. Just got to get in the habit of it all the time. I know. What happens is I'm uh, I'm going back and forth with you, back and forth with you. Yeah. And then sure. my wife slips a little. Uh, hey, good morning. And then you hit me with the next one, and then bingo bang. Right there, you have it. That's how it happens. All all of us. Yeah. Uh, I'll mention this real quick just because I thought it was interesting. It's heavy, but it's interesting. So um, uh, Beckett from the Washington Examiner. We've had him on many times. Beckett oh, Adams. Beckett Adams, yeah. Yeah, he's got an uh, opinion piece here, but he's uh, frustrated with the way the New York Times worded something on abortion. Uh, the report contains a lot of the normal pro-abortion pablum that one would expect from a major left-leaning newsroom, but there's one passage that sticks out in particular for its use of a euphemism so dark that it's actually funny. The passage passage was first flagged by National Review, and they're talking about the governor of Louisiana in the New York Times, a rare Democratic office holder in the South who won re-election on Saturday after campaigning on his opposition to abortion and support for a state law barring abortion after the pulsing of what becomes the fetus's heart can be detected. The law actually states if a baby's heartbeat can be detected, be detected, you can't you can't get an abortion. Right. But so they worded it this way, a state law barring abortion after the pulsing of what becomes the fetus's heart. Because I guess they felt like saying a heartbeat was too much. And they're trying to fool you to not thinking that that's what's going on there. Becomes the fetus's heart. The law Are they abortion. arguing that it's still in the embryo stage? I don't believe that's technically correct. And no. If and it's pulsing, it is is a heart. Exactly. That's how you can tell. Exactly. That's the point of the law. Great, Scott. After the pulsing of what becomes the fetus's heart. You're working really hard there. 
to uh, to manipulate language. The New York Times so-called news articles are now so dripping in editorial. They well, they've made a decision. You know, you can't be surprised by it. It is what it is, and they are a uh, a litigator. They are now not a news organization in the you know traditional sense, but. We can live with it. We Time's got, change. we got some more of the texts that people sent to the wrong people. Also, uh, Joe and Sean would like to relive their childish moment about a politician <laughs> who apparently flatulated on the air. Jack, it's important to deal with the news of the day, whatever it is. Uh, speaking of that sort of thing, bathroom break at the impeachment hearing. We have urination. They are taking a break. <laughs> awesome. Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty Show. Mr. Vindman, you testified in your deposition that you did not know the whistleblower. Uh, Ranking member, it's uh, Lieutenant Colonel Vindman, please. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Vindman, you testified in the deposition. So that's how chippy it's gotten, ladies and gentlemen. Called him Mr. instead of Lieutenant Colonel. I had to jump in and correct that. I get it. Um, so this Lieutenant Colonel Vindman, who's testifying in the impeachment hearings today, he was actually on the call, apparently. So here's two things you're going to hear reported differently, I think, on cable news channels throughout the day. Vindman did testify that that transcript was not really a transcript. There was a fair amount left out. Okay. That will be the talk all day long on MSNBC and CNN. Fox, however, will point out, then when, when there was further questioning about that, Vinman said, I don't think there was anything left out of consequence. Okay. So there you go. Um, How's the weather in Ukraine today? It is rainy. So that was not in there. Okay. There's another good point, but I've forgotten it. Can you bring up the TV? Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bat back and, and catch this because it's worth mentioning. It's from Jonathan Carl on ABC as I'm taking in the, uh, taking mm. in the coverage here. Super secure. Uh, serv- okay, that. So he was questioned about the whole super secure server thing, because that has been uh, a point of uh, question for quite a while. Evidence of a cover-up, Jack. Why did they immediately take the phone call and put it on the super secure server where nobody could find it? Um, So Vindman did testify that they did do that, and he also testified he didn't think that was a big deal. So they did that, you're saying? He didn't stand out to him as a big deal. This man in uniform testified under oath. So both sides could select portions from that to make a big deal out of it today? Can and will. (laughs) Yeah, indeed. Meanwhile, the children in the room are amused by flatulence. Ladies and gentlemen, a national nightmare is upon us. Apparently all rules are off, all bets are off, all the traffic lights have been (laughs) powered down. Decorum doesn't matter anymore. We have congressmen on national TV, practically unwatched, national TV, making whatever body noise they see fit. Five people testifying this week who were on the phone listening to the president talk about this swap of dirt for U.S. military aid. Chris, so far, the evidence is uncontradicted that the president used taxpayer dollars to ask the Ukrainians to help him cheat an election. And the complaint that I've heard from Republicans... <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Eric Swalwell, that was more impressive than his campaign. Hey, now! Hey-o! <laughs> that sound is polling higher in Iowa. <laughs> 
Eric Swalwell's fart ought to get into the race. Wow. Now, it is alleged in some quarters, partisan political quarters, Adam Schiff, Nancy Pelosi, that sort of person, are claiming that it wasn't Swalwell at all. But, admittedly, notorious farter Chris Matthews, who's, he has littered the airwaves with his expulsions through the years, I grant you. In fact, his whole show is one long (laughs) bit of flatulence, in my opinion. Wow. But Swalwell is guilty. You can tell by the pause, the way he changes his posture a little bit. It's just shocking. It's a sick enough. It is. It's terrible. And then the nation's capital. Whatever happened to the high road? That's the most respectable thing that happened in the Capitol all day, honestly. (laughs) We got more text from people who accidentally text the wrong person something that was either funny or horrifying. Hit you with those coming up. Right now, Marshall's going to tell us what's in his newscast on the way. Well, the hearings do, do chug on, and we're going to... Do, do, more. More of the same. We're going to hear more from Mr. Vindman, or Lieutenant uh, Vindman. Lieutenant Colonel. Lieutenant Colonel, yes. Hippie. And how the wow. richest Kardashian is getting richer. This woman yeah. knows how. I saw that story. Another important point is that this question of whether or not the transcript was inappropriately put on a super secure uh, server to try to hide it. Uh, Vindman was asked about that, and he uh, didn't see any problem with uh, how the transcript was stored and pointed out even when it was on that super secure uh, server, he himself had access to it. So, okay. You got that? The super secret double secure black box underground server. There has never been a story that I've seen that just shows you where we are now, where it's you get a complete... It's, it's as if one of them's about the NBA and one's about the NFL, mm-hmm. depending on which channel you watch. They're that different yeah. in picking out which portions of testimony back your side's argument. That's Jonathan Carl. Is that right for ABC? He's a serious journalist. I yeah. mean, he has his point of view, but yeah. no, he's I like a serious him. man. And they also pointed out on ABC, Stephanopoulos did, that uh, Lieutenant Colonel Vindman said, yes, the transcript is not a transcript. There's there's a fair amount edited out. But when he was questioned further on that, he said nothing of consequence was edited out. So, <laughs> right. Okay. Right. Right. All right. <clears throat> uh, let's get the news now. Hey, one more thing we need to deal with. Now it's Kiev. Uh, I'm not going to do that. It's been Kiev I'm my entire it. life. I'm now not it's doing Kiev. it. I'm not doing it. Why not? It's proper. I don't care. I'll be wrong for the rest of my oh, life. <laughs> about this, about other things. <laughs> I'm not switching now. No, to be in Kiev in the springtime. <laughs> Beautiful Kiev. Thriving I'm, Kiev. I'm sticking with Kiev for the rest of my life. Are you going to say chicken Kiev at a restaurant? <laughs> News now with Marshall. Check me. <laughs> <laughs> As you were saying, Lieutenant uh, Colonel Alexander Vindman, and National Security Council official, is one of today's witnesses in the ongoing impeachment inquiry. At one point, Republican Devin Nunes asking him about the so-called whistleblower. Uh, what agency was this individual from? If I could interject here... Uh, we don't want to use these proceedings. It's our time, I know, Chair. but we need to protect the whistleblower. Um, uh, if Please stop. <laughs> I want to make sure that uh, there's no effort to out the whistleblower uh, through the use of these proceedings. Um, if the witness has a good faith belief that this may reveal the identity of the whistleblower, uh, that is not the purpose that we are here for. 
And the discussion about the whistleblower did not end there. Lieutenant Colonel Vinman, you testified in the deposition that you did not know who the whistleblower was. Or is. I do not know who the whistleblower is. That is well, how is it possible for you to name these people and then out the whistleblower? Per the advice of my counsel, I've been advised not to answer specific questions about members of the intelligence community. Wow. There you All go. Right, fair enough. Back Whatever and forth. Grumble, 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 grumble. Uh, you know, look, let's just cut to the chase, all right? Uh, let's get the voting going. Let's figure this out. There's nothing new. Nothing. I've got a fairly good batch of accidental texts people have sent to uh, others. This should be sickening. Whether embarrassing or uh, dangerous to their family relations or something. We'll get to those coming up. It will be, and we invented this word, it will be horrifarious. It will be simultaneously horrifying and hilarious. Looks like we may be seeing a bit of a thaw. Afghanistan has completed a prisoner swap with the Taliban. The family of American hostage Kevin King, who was released by the Taliban along with his uh, Australian colleague, says that King is now with U.S. officials in Afghanistan getting medical care ahead of his return home. King and Australian Timothy Weeks were both professors at the American University in Kabul. They were kidnapped in 2016 by the Taliban outside the university. There has now been a prisoner exchange. Well, it's good to have those two fellers back, um, and I'm sure their their stay with the Taliban wasn't uh, terribly pleasant. But, yeah, the, the, the Taliban, um, or do you say Taliban, or like Marshall split the difference and say Taliban. Taliban? Um, what if the Taliban goes into Kiev? Tally-ho! <laughs> Tally-ho! Uh, they clearly are just doing whatever it takes to get us the hell out yeah. so they can take over their poophole country and run it the way they want to, which is awfully... The reason Kylie Jenner is a billionaire is that she makes money moves. Case in point, she just sold Cody a stake in her Kylie Cosmetics for the low, low price of $600 million. Yeah. Those Kardashians are for real. I mean, you make all the jokes you want about the Kardashians and the way they talk and they dress and they act. But they have made crazy money. They're not just kind of successful. They are the anti-ANG to a large extent as we have stubbornly decided we're not going to do like super populist pandery talk radio. We just don't have an interest in it. Um, They're the opposite. They understand that the masses of humanity are stupid. And so they are entertainment for stupid people. And or people who watch them ironically and enjoy the whole flavor of the thing, which I get. Um, but and, and they're becoming zillionaires oh, thereby. Yeah. I suggest uh, to the young people listening, check your pride at the door, figure out what the masses want, and give it to them. Which one is she that sold the $600 million worth? She's, she's the youngest one, right? Is she the, uh, the cutie from the hilariously inept Pepsi commercial? I believe so, yes. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Kylie and Kendall, the two younger ones, right. I often invert like they're the Olsen and, twins. And but. feel free. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, you'll be fine. Yeah, <laughs> They'll be fine, you'll be fine, we'll all be fine. And, hey, hey, and just uh, take note, all you have to do to possibly become the next Kardashians is if you're a mom and your daughter has sex with a celebrity, actively market the sex right. tape around Hollywood, That's Good point. build up the brand, and then just go from there. Oh, boy. It's something. 
A $600 million deal expected to close in the third quarter of the 2020 fiscal year. They could not only teach business classes Mm -hmm. in college, they could probably run the department. You know, the Department of Popular Business or something like that. Between the old lady... She'd be up there, you know, with her pointer in the chalkboard. Oh, yeah. She's saying, a shark, no yeah. question. Now, yeah. those of you who would cringe at me marketing my daughter's sex tape, let's take a look at popular culture. Let's take a look at attitudes toward pornography. Let's take a look at, uh, you know, what would you call it, sex symbol profitability, right. blah, blah, blah. Then what does it take to get to the next level of uh, recognition? Well, that scale? The, exactly. And use of social media. They do very clever things where... Of their millions of followers on their social media accounts, if they do a video and that video somehow gains traction and goes quote unquote viral the way that they sometimes do, uh, an example, Kylie had this thing where she was singing Rise and Shine right. to her newborn child. That goes viral. Everybody's making Rise and Shine jokes. Within about six hours, uh, the the mother of the family has trademarked that term and they're selling merch with the saying Rise and Shine on their website. Right. Right. Which is what we ought to be doing. That's Come on, selling Kardashian slogans? <laughs> <laughs> That's what it takes. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. It's a crumbling empire, but those uh, clever you know, ones among you figure out how to profit, profit from the crumbling. I, uh, I just admire you, even as I loathe you. God, here's one from church, one of these texts gone wrong that we were talking about earlier. Uh, I'm at church, meaning to text my wife, Ugh, Pastor Frank is going long today. I sent it to Pastor Frank. That is the the classic case of that person is in, in your mind. So the person who you would least like to have it is the most likely person to get it after, you know, the intended recipient. Is that what happens? There? They're in second place right. in your brain. Sure, I could see it. Oh. Yeah, I want to text Michael. God, Marshall's an idiot. I have two names in my head, and one of them is Marshall's. <laughs> yeah, we've got a couple of examples of is the uh, is the is the cool modern thing to do, and I think this is the case: is you ignore it, you just you just let it go. Yeah, that's what I usually do. I print it out in a, on the largest thing that I can find. <laughs> tweet it. Drive over to the right. house. And say, is there something you'd like to say to me? <laughs> I've got some hilarious examples coming up. Say cool, boy. Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Impeachment hearings going on right now, and I saw up on the TV it's Jim Jordan's turn. Today he's wearing a blue shirt with no jacket, mm. and he Looks like uh, he got punched in the face too. He's got like a cut next he, to his. He eye. walked into a door. He's having a conversation. Isn't that like the classic? It was domestic violence, and that's what you claim. I doubt the two-time national champion wrestler is being abused by someone, but uh, anyway, he says he was talking to somebody, and it's a door that closes automatically, and for some reason it didn't close automatically. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. (laughs) Which I've done that sort of thing, and it really hurts. Anyway, you know when Jim Jordan has got his time for questioning, things are going to get a little exciting, and apparently he gets into a shift over the whistleblower, and let's just dip in for a little of this, shall we? Probably half a dozen or more people that... uh... Oh, by the way, you're hearing the voice first of Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman, who was on the phone call, then it'll be Jim Jordan and Adam shift the chair. Read out. Those are people with the the proper clearance and the, the need to know. In this case, 
because of the sensitivity of the call and Mr. Eisenberg told me not to speak to anybody else, I only read out, outside of the NSC, two individuals. Two individuals. Das Kent and one other uh, person. And you're not willing to tell us who that other individual is? Mr. Chairman, point of order. Mr. Chairman. Mr. Chairman, point of order. The gentleman suspend, counsel. Mr. Chairman, uh, I would ask you to enforce the the rule with regard to the disclosure, with regard to the uh, intelligence laws. Um, thank you, Council. You know, as I indicated before, this committee will not be used to out the whistleblower. Um, that same uh, Mr. Chairman, can necessity you, can you of protecting the time so I don't lose the will time. Will persist. Uh, you are recognized again, Mr. Jordan. Mr. Chairman, I, I don't see how this is outing the whistleblower. The, the witness has testified in his deposition that he doesn't know who the whistleblower is. You have said, even though no one believes you, you have said you don't know who the whistleblower is. So how is this outing the whistleblower to to, to find out who this individual is? Jordan, uh, this is your time for questioning. You can use it any way you like, but what? your question should be addressed to the and witness. I'd like to... And your question should not be addressed to trying to out the whistleblower. Well, okay. okay. Uh, Colonel Vindman, there's another thing Mr. Morrison told us in his deposition. He said he was not concerned about the call itself. He said there was nothing illegal or... Imp- so is there more from here, Hanson, or is that the, uh, the, the, the gist of it? I think that was the gist of the back and forth yeah. over the whistleblower. Okay. But there yeah. you go. You uh, said you don't know who the whistleblower is, even though nobody believes it. <laughs> so that's calling the chairman a liar so, to his face in the hearing. Right. That's Which is nice. where we are now. That's good. Although Jordan does have a point. Oh, yeah. You say you nobody don't. Nobody believes that. Well, yeah, but, uh, well, and, and Vindman, I mean, do you know the second person you told, or was it a stranger? <laughs> You say you don't know the whistleblower. Well, all right, whatever. And and uh, keeping in mind, it's irrelevant. It is really not relevant who the whistleblower is. Um, I understand why to put ja- doubt in the jury's mind, you want your witnesses to seem biased. I get that. But in terms of the facts of the thing or, or actually voting, it just doesn't matter. So earlier in the hour, Joe sent me a very romantic text. That I assumed and I was correct was meant for his wife and not me. That's the wine in the moonlight in the studio. It wasn't anything. I got I, swept away. Nothing embarrassing or horrifying or thank God it wasn't sexual. But um, so we brought up the topic of we've all done this sort of thing or been on the other end of it and uh, it can often be uncomfortable. We got a number of texts. My sweetest pie, always kind to everyone, pillar of the Mormon community, mother-in-law, accidentally hit reply all. Oh, oh. To an email her her brother had sent about a family event. She went into great details about what a loser she thought their sister was. It went out to 40 different people in the family. Wow. Her follow-up apology email was equally painful to read. Did she at least reply all to that one as well? That's rough. The whole, all, everybody, cousin, everybody in the whole family gets to see you talking about what a loser somebody is. It's a manifesto. That's a rough one to clean up. Person on the receiving end, I wonder how detailed she got. My <laughs> company hired a young 20-something gal that was a complete know-it-all who knew nothing. We'd butted heads more than a few times, so I was quite surprised to get a sexy semi-nude from her that was meant for her boyfriend, I assume. I thought about it overnight, and then I texted her, did you try to email me a text? I'm fishing off the coast, and I had no single, so I got no content. We never mentioned it. He let it go. So that ah. was pretty classy. Yeah, that was nice. Letting her know. You accidentally texted me, but I didn't see it, so yeah. You know, his other option was to text back nice tatas. You know? 
Just to let I her got, know. I got, some, I got some and more. And every woman appreciates a compliment. I got some more on that front coming up. Okay. I want to kiss your jumper cable. Hmm. I want uh-huh. to kiss your jumper cable lips. Which is, I don't know what that means, but anyway. I, Elec- everybody's squinting. Everybody's like, what? Jumper? What? Electric? <laughs> Maybe that's it. They probably have some inside joke, right? Him and his. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. I want to kiss your jumper caber lips. That was meant for a girlfriend sent to a female coworker. Yeah. That's uncomfortable. <laughs> I'd say. <laughs> this is a good one. After getting a nice set of breast implants, I sent my husband pictures regularly to remind him that they were worth the price. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Remember Beautiful. these? That was the best $5,000 we ever spent on. Huh? Right. That came to a screeching halt when I accidentally set one with a caption that would make a sailor blush to my cube mate at work. He and my husband both have the same three letters of their first name, and I just fat-fingered the name. Oh, boy. <laughs> fat-fingered. That's a funny expression. Wow. Yikes. And and with dudes, I mean, if you send out of nowhere a picture of your breasts and some saucy comment, every right. dude is going to at least think, it could be for me. You Wait might a be. minute. I always thought she kind of looked at me like she liked me. I still got it. Exactly. <laughs> or, I didn't see this coming, but what the hell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Surprised it's me and not Jim over there, but whatever. Maybe she just likes guys, you know, pudgy bald guys right. like me. <laughs> um, this is a good one. The best oops texts. Uh, a guy thought he was, uh, I thought I was texting, no, some guy thought he was texting his girl and texted me. Hey, babe, and it's a guy. Hey, babe, I'm having a rough day at work. Please send me a pic of your street mm. slang for breasts. I see. That's kind of an interesting relationship where you got. I'm having a stressful day at work. Could yeah. I see one of your... Uh, Huh. One of the gals there? That'd cheer me up. Couldn't hurt. Certainly a de-stressor for me. Yeah. <laughs> I-, I see his point. Yeah. Yeah. I got to get that going at home. I sent back a pic of my hairy 40-year-old manly chest with the <laughs> comment, double check the number. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That is funny. That's great. Here's one. What do you think of this? Might want to double check the number. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If it'll help. Here they are. Burt Reynolds' man chest coming back at right. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I love the whole, listen, I know that the money was a bit of an issue, but look what we bought. <laughs> That's nice. Oh, brother. You should be allowed to nap at work. Helps productivity. Science. Science! Everybody who... Is near unanimous. Who, uh ever enjoys a little afternoon nap knows it makes you more productive the rest of the day. Right. Here's the problem, though. The U.S. government says sleeping in the office is no, no. Um, Such a government response. you got to have a blanket policy. You can't just, you know, uh, evaluate people on how much they get done in productivity. You have to have a blanket <laughs> policy. What if my job is a mattress tester? Yes. Am I allowed to sleep on uh-huh. that job? The, the dream career. All persons are prohibited from sleeping in federal buildings except when such activity is expressed off, expressly authorized by an, an agency official. And this is in response to a number of government employees, including the infamous California DMV worker who slept up to three hours a day. Wow. Um, virtually every day, forced her colleagues to cover for her and pick up the slack. And here's why they have to go with a blanket ban in the stupid, stupid government. The worker was not admonished because their supervisor was concerned there was a health problem that was causing the drowsiness. There you go. And, and the worker is not being paid with the DMV's money. It's the taxpayer's money. And who gives a crap about the taxpayer's money? They estimate up to about 70 million people suffer from a sleep disorder of some sort, Jack. 
70 million. Lack of sleep has been linked to a myriad of health problems, including obesity, diabetes, heart disease, and strokes, along with mental health issues such as anxiety and depression. If I can sleep like 10, 15 minutes around noonish, which is just, God, that period between like 12.30 and 1.30 is just, it's, oh. Yeah, you feel like you've been drugged like a beast. But if I can sleep for like 10 minutes, it's like I'm starting another day over again. Other countries have less of a stigma around napping. In Japan, companies are installing soundproof pods to encourage workers who put in long hours to get some rest. Good idea. A few companies, like Ben and Jerry's, bunch of dope-smoking hippies, have set up nap rooms to make it easier to snooze. They have a 10 by 10 room nicknamed the Da Vinci Room, including a futon couch and a thin blanket. They found that uh, even at Ben and Jerry's, bunch of stoned hippies, uh, people don't want to sign up publicly for it. They don't want to be seen as a sleeper, so they use, like, uh, fake names, which is somewhat interesting. California has a chain of napping studios opening up. You can pop over and rent a twin-size bed for 25 minutes for about uh, seven fifty. Those are going to be gross. If I'm the first guy in it, fantastic. If I'm the tenth per- sweaty person to sleep in there that I day. I presume they change the sheets. Sounds good to me. And they're getting more and more popular in hospitals, factories, and airports. Airports? Yes, please. Oh, great idea. 